Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. The Japanese fighting pit has been whipped into a frenzy. For night after night, one champion has been doling out smashing defeats to all who dare show their faces. Standing tall in the center of the arena, the mighty Colossus calls out to any who might provide him a challenge. It is then that a hush overtakes the crowd as one word passes from patron to patron and the whole fight club goes silent. A massive metal gate begins pulling open as a challenger enters the scene. The crowd starts chanting quietly, but gathers steam as the door opens more. Akuma! 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 And with that, the Japanese fighting legend Akuma strolls into the pit. Colossus readies himself as best he can for what is about to be the toughest battle he's ever faced. It's Marvel versus Capcom. It's Cold Metal versus Cold Hatred. It's Colossus versus Akuma today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. Who Would Win brings you another great episode pitting ultimate might versus ultimate skill. In one corner, you have Colossus, giant powerhouse of the X-Men with a heart of gold, versus Akuma, fighting personified from the iconic Street Fighter franchise. And as usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed before. And this exact matchup has indeed been brought up many times oh. online. Surprise, surprise. Wow. I couldn't believe it. But then I remembered the Marvel versus Capcom video game. And of course, okay. Colossus versus Akuma being discussed made complete sense. So, Ray, you're very familiar with both these characters and gaming in general. Tell us, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I'll tell you what I'm feeling, James. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling outstanding, and it has nothing to do with this matchup. Well, sort of, it has something to do with this matchup, because I have won three matches in a row, and we all know what happens in Season 4. When someone wins four in a row, look, you've had a couple of shots at it. I've had a couple of shots at it. It has not happened up to this point for anybody, but I am proud. I am eager to say right now, it's going to happen tonight Four in a row, we're bringing Captain Carrot next week, and there is nothing, nothing that you can do about it. Look, I'm not going to shy away from the obvious. Our fan base has been saying this for the past, I don't know how many months. What the heck has been going on with the judges? I don't know. Sometimes the judges are okay. Sometimes the judges are referred to by Race to Canis, and they come up with the craziest, quote-unquote, nonsense I've ever heard in my life. Let me just be very clear about something today. Whether I win or lose, I'm winning. That's all I'm going to say. But by the way, I'm winning today's battle. No way you're getting four in a row. And if you do, we're going to have a problem. That's all I'm going to say about that. Now, listen, this is crazy. I know I've almost had four wins. You're on the verge of four wins. There's only one judge we can get who can handle all of this. We need the most fair judge that we could possibly find or the one that at least hates us both equally. 
We didn't quite find that person. We found someone who doesn't like me quite a bit, who, who absolutely is the right word, a bore. Do they abhor you, Race to Canis? I think they do. I'm liking my chances in this battle. Wait. Without any further ado, let's introduce our guest judge. Coming back for another episode of Who Would Win. It's podcaster extraordinaire and fan favorite judge. It's, of course, Robert Clark Chan. Robert, welcome back to Who Would Win. You know, you are a man of many talents. I've said this before. According to our Lord and Savior, Megatron, you would actually be one of the best Decepticons in the history of Cybertron. Skeletor has said that you are the true ruler of Eternia, not him. And Walmart's biggest problem is that your action figure sells out so fast that they just can't keep up with demand. You, sir, again, are quite extraordinary. Tell the Legion of Audience what you've been up to. I mean, here's the thing. In my deepest, darkest fantasies, I've always dreamed of being the best Decepticon. I would be my own cartridge inside Soundwave because <laughs> Soundwave's chest just seems like a really snugly warm place to be. It is. I mean, you got Laserbeak and Buzzsaw. You got uh, Rumble and Frenzy. You got Ravage. I think I, I, I think I would just be like, I, I don't know, like, a, like a, a cassette tape that would pop out into like a, a cuddly kitty cat. Like not like a panther, like Ravage, but just like a little cuddly kitty cat. I just say meow, and then That's... judge, and then judge people from a distance, and then judge harshly. Absolutely, yes. I'd just yes. be standing watching the battle, going like, "Man, you are not a very good shot, are you, uh, Starscream? You should really work on your aim." I don't know what you're gonna do about that. Also, for the record, uh, Ray, you think you're Akuma, but you're Dan. Oh, I think whoa. we can all acknowledge that you're Dan. That, that, that uh, one and, stings, and it also, yeah. It, uh, I, I, I do want to know, James, who your X-Men guy is, because I am Nightcrawler. I always pick Nightcrawler. You're definitely Nightcrawler. Um, this is going to sound weird. I'm actually Colossus. Big, You're huge Colossus. Russian dude who's very, okay. you know, nice to everyone, but you don't want to tick them off because they'll absolutely wreck you, uh, just like Colossus. That is me in a nutshell. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying. It all tracks. It all tracks. Robert Clark Chad, what do you think, in all in all seriousness here, what do you think about an at-home version of the Who Would Win game? Listen, you're one of our, our best judges we've ever had, possibly the greatest judge of all time, of all things. Do you think something it, like this could fly? Did, well, here's the thing. Could it? Absolutely. It's a great idea. Would it, in practice, there's already a bunch of things like that on the market, like you would have to really... Like, yeah, if you manage to come up with a uh, top-notch Ray Eye, you might be able to pull it off. Maybe it's a Jackbox-type game. Maybe it's something that you... It's like a soft... Like a party game that you put up on a, a console on your TV and, you know, just have people... The important thing is that people yell at each other. Yes. I think that's... that's all we want. If you can't get that, then it's there's no point. That's so true. You know, I never realized how brilliant you were, and, uh, you know, marketing seems to be your calling. Stay tuned, because this definitely seems like something we're going to be doing in the uh, future, short-term, mid-term, or possibly even long-term uh, future, but definitely in the future. Now, with that being said, I am super excited for this battle. You've got Akuma, now one of the greatest martial artists of all time, versus my favorite X-Men, Colossus. This is going to be a show for the ages. So with all that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the hero who landed on the no-fly list purely because he cannot pass through a metal detector, Colossus. And representing Street Fighter, the world warrior who can conquer everything in the world except for a good haircut, Akuma. That is a weird uh, hairstyle if you think about it. It's not, it's not great. Look, I wouldn't say it to his face. I'm glad but, he's not uh, here. Yeah. Is it's it like a lion's haircut. mane? Is that the deal? It, like it's he's something. Got it. Look, sometimes your hair is just unmanageable and you learn to deal with it. You just, I wouldn't, you, I wouldn't you, know what that's like, Chan. You focus your energies into other parts of your life is what I'm saying. Are you doing that, Ray? No, I mostly Did just you? fixate on the hair. Yeah, no, fair. Before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, what version of Akuma will you be using today? Today I'll be using the canon version of Akuma. He is both in video games, comic books, uh, animated shows. It's the same guy. It's the same stories. It's Akuma. That's pretty cool. Okay. I was actually debating going with the Colossus from the Deadpool movies, because that's my favorite version of live-action Colossus. However... 
uh, in an unprecedented move. I'm actually going to go with the current comic book version. What? Of, I know, of Colossus, just because I feel he has a few more feats uh, and represents his power level a little bit more uh, in that uh, type of version. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of a debate is whomever the judge decides. As the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto at any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store to get your very own Who Would Win merchandise and accessories. Go to whowouldwinstore.com to get your hands on some Who Would Win merch right now. Don't make your loved ones face the dead of winter in old t-shirts, ancient underwear, and ratty sweats. Help them fight cold with Cozy. Give the gift of Tommy John. Look, when you're comfortable, you do everything better. And Tommy John loungewear has the market cornered on comfortable. I personally love the feel of the second skin Moroccan tea in blue because it makes me look good. It makes me feel good. It makes me ready to go and live this life. And while you're picking out Tommy John underwear, pajamas, and loungewear for your loved ones, do yourself a favor, grab something for yourself too. Shop Tommy John's Wrap It Up sale and get 30% off everything at TommyJohn.com slash WWW. Order now so your gifts arrive before the holidays. 30% off at TommyJohn.com slash WWW. TommyJohn.com slash WWW. See site for details. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Akuma. Akuma is a secret boss turned mainstream in the Street Fighter series of video games. He was created by Noritaka Funamizu and first appeared in Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo Edition in 1994. Akuma was originally conceived as a powerful hidden character in the Street Fighter universe. With his dark gi and mysterious eyes, Akuma was intended to haunt a generation of video game players. Based off of Ryu, but obviously sinister, Akuma showed up and wrecked everyone with the idea that he must always be on offense at all times. Fun fact, Akuma is a Street Fighter living legend, but did you know that he dominated a totally different video game franchise? Because he did. You see, Akuma was added to the game Tekken. They added him to their game in 2016, and he proceeded to take that game over as well immediately. As jumping characters were not really known in Tekken at that time, a Street Fighter pro named Poonoon Ko got top three at EVO 2016 playing Akuma, despite the fact that the character had only existed in the game for 10 days. He's only in there for 10 days. The guy got top three at Evo with Akuma. Because, you know, Akuma is a boss. And that is Akuma. Very cool. Here are the details for Colossus. Now, Colossus, whose real name is Piotr or Peter, 
Nikolayevich Rasputin first appeared in Giant Size X-Men number one back in May of 1975. Colossus was born on a Soviet collective farm in Siberia. He grew up with his brother, the famous cosmonaut Mikhail Rasputin, and his younger sister, Ilyana Rasputin, and would pass the time drawing or painting. However, his life would change forever when Pyotr's superhuman mutant powers emerged at the age of 13, where he discovered the superhuman ability to convert the tissue of his entire body into an organic steel-like substance. At first, he was content simply to use these powers to aid his family and the other people of the collective. However, after Piotr rescued his sister Liana from a runaway tractor, he was contacted by Professor Charles Xavier, founder of the X-Men. Piotr agreed to leave the farm community in which he had been born and raised to go to America with Professor Xavier and stay at a school for gifted youngsters, which is where Professor Xavier gave Peter the codename Colossus. Known for his gentle demeanor and personality where he would rather talk to someone out of fighting, he's still listed by Marvel as an expert combatant who utilizes judo and wrestling techniques to subdue opponents even more powerful than him. And here's an interesting fact about Colossus. Did you know that in alternate universe, Colossus is gay? It's true. In the former parallel comic book dimension known as the Ultimate Universe, Colossus happens to be gay. Colossus not only has a relationship with Northstar, Marvel's first openly gay character, but also has a huge problem with the Ultimate Universe's version of Nightcrawler, who turns out to be extremely and very vocally homophobic. That's crazy. All right. And now you have the facts of both opponents. Robert, do you have any questions before we get started? I knew there was a reason I didn't like the Ultimates universe. Wow. Boo. Isn't that crazy? Boo. Uh, well, that's why they also, the Ultimate universe got wrecked and destroyed. And uh, yeah, it's no longer a thing. For maybe How other reasons. But dare probably that one. do that to my Nightcrawler. I know. Ugh, uh, horrible. All right, Race to Canis. Let's get this epic battle started. Hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Akuma. Let's just talk about the moves that he brings. It really doesn't matter which game he's found in because he's appeared in many, many different video games. Now, he carries the same basic move set of a Ken or a Ryu. Like, that's just who he is. He's going to carry their move set, but he's going to do so with a much more hulking, foreboding presence, and he's going to do a lot more damage than those two characters. He's bigger, faster, stronger, and he's going to do more damage. One of the reasons he came into Tekken and wrecked people besides the fact that he fought in a way they weren't used to fighting against is because he does just so much more damage when he hits you. Some of the examples of his moves, he's got the Go Hadouken, which is his fireball. You go, Hadouken! Yeah, he fires the fireball, but he does his Go version of it. He has his version of the Dragon Punch called Go Shoruken. Uh, which, you know, of course, we know the Dragon Punch. If you know anything about fighting games, you know what a Dragon Punch and a Fireball look like. He also does his version of the Hurricane Kick, which is Tatsumaki Zankukyaku. I'm going to be great at these by the end of it. But he can also add an electricity element to his Hurricane Kicks as well, as well as not just go in one direction. He seems like he has full control over his body flying through the air because he can make turns, go in circles, and in fact can use that to like surround and swarm somebody by surrounding them with the Hurricane Kick, really giving them nowhere to go. He's also a master of aerial throws you know he gets up in the air he's a jumping fighting character colossus is more of a grounded character but akuma's been shown the ability to grab and throw and suplex and just do whatever the heck he needs to do whether he's in the air or on the ground he is a good throwing type character another interesting move that he has that i didn't realize is something called ashura senku which essentially gives him the ability to become uh, much like Vision or Martian Manhunter. He can go intangible for a short period of time as a mobility move. So if Colossus tries to throw a punch, he can just go intangible, zip out of the way, avoid the punch, and then counter with a whole bunch of punches of his own. He's also very, very strong. He's very, very powerful. Like, we know this about Akuma. He can punch the ground and create a shockwave, much like the Incredible Hulk. He just punches the ground, ripples the ground around him, and can shake everything. He also has a version of that move that doesn't go into the ground. It goes into his opponent's face. And let me tell you, the devastating impact of that move to the face can be felt for generations to come. He also launches opponents into the air no matter of their size 
and can combo the heck out of them. One of his moves, he just kind of grabs you, throws you casually up into the air, jumps into the air, whether it's with the spinning kicks or not, and just waylays you. Because if you can get Colossus off his feet, you can do some real damage to that character. And I mentioned combos. Akuma is known for devastating combos that might start with him jumping in the air, coming down with a kick, immediately following up with a sweep kick, knocking you off your feet, then three punches, two more kicks. Before you know it, 80% of your health bar is gone in one perfectly hit combo from Akuma. This is why he can go into Tekken and dominate Tekken. This is why he can go into, I assume, Super Smash Brothers and dominate that as well. It doesn't matter what game you put him in. Akuma reigns supreme, and that's my point number one. Look, there's no doubt Akuma is a severe and serious martial arts and fighting badass. That is clear. You, you, you got to take that in consideration. Absolutely respect Akuma's ability, his strength, his power, all that kind of stuff that he's developed over the years. That's what makes him such a great character. However, the one thing I've got to kind of ask, you, right, you said the same thing. Akuma typically goes in there as the bigger, stronger, more powerful character. So what happens when he goes up against a Colossus and he's not? the more powerful character. He's not the stronger character, possibly more skilled, but not the, you know, physical badass and superior to his opponent. What happens then? Does everything fall apart? Because that's not typically his game plan. That remains to be seen. And secondly, more importantly, can you repeat the sound of the uh, fireball Hadouken that uh, Akuma did? You should know by now, James, like no second rides for free. That's fair enough. All right, now let's go to my point number one. And let's talk about the insane power of Colossus. So Colossus is ridiculously powerful, as in so powerful, you know, he'd probably fit into the DC universe better than the Marvel universe. That's so true. In fact, Colossus is so physically powerful that I don't think he's out of place for the kind of plucky X-Men, but, you know, more on that later. So how strong is he? He is super strong, as in what Marvel calls Class 100, which means he can lift or press over 100 tons. He hits hard enough to hurt both World War Hulk, possibly the strongest version of the Hulk, and he hurt and, uh, the Juggernaut and cracked the helmet of an amped-up Juggernaut. That is insanely powerful. He's so, so strong, he was able to hold up the side of a mountain that was coming apart. He was able to catch a massive spaceship that was crashing to the Earth. He's so strong that he threw the Hulk into space the same way he throws Wolverine like a baseball in a technique he calls the fastball special. His body, let's talk about that for a second, it's made up of the third strongest metal in the Marvel Universe. So in order... The three most indestructible metals in Marvel are adamantium, then vibranium, and then third place goes to whatever the heck Colossus' metal body is made out of. <laughs> and, and that's straight from Marvel's you know official page and what have you. In the original Secret War storyline from the 80s, I love this series, Doctor Doom becomes omnipotent and destroys the group of heroes who decide to fight him. So the blast of energy he sends down destroys everything, all the heroes, including Captain America's shield. However, Colossus, albeit kind of like, you know, out of it remained intact in terms of his body. He was still in one relative piece and he was brought back to full health, you know, shortly after that. Even Wolverine's claws can't cut or penetrate Colossus' skin. So his eyes in this version, not the ultimate universe, but the main universe, his eyes are also made of the same metal. So even shooting, hitting, or stabbing in the eyes won't hurt him. He's so durable. That Cyclops optic blast, lightning bolts, and even super powerful energy blast from Doctor Doom himself don't stop him. In a battle against a character named Terminus, uh, someone who was designed to take out the, they're the planet-sized, insanely powerful creatures known as the Celestials. We saw that we saw them in the Eternals. Colossus shielded his teammates from a powerful blast of energy from Terminus that would normally reduce mountains to pebbles. That's what was actually happening here. That was kind of in the captions of the, the thought bubbles and what have you. Additionally, when he's in that armored form, he doesn't need to breathe or eat as in ever. He also has super stamina, which allows him to fight at peak strength for days on end. And for some reason, he has super speed. Why? Because why the heck not? Now, his super speed is really just above peak human speed levels, but when you're 7'5 and weigh 500 pounds, even a little super speed lets you hit a lot harder than people expect. He also has crazy agility for someone his size, which he uses for combat or evade attacks. Imagine Andre the Giant moving as fast as Captain America. That's awesome. So how fast is he? Well, he can dodge bullets, he can outmaneuver Colossus' optic blast, and he can dodge super fast attacks by Wolverine and Nightcrawler, who can teleport but there's something else about Colossus that will come in handy in this fight. Here's the thing. Colossus has some type of power and defense against supernatural, magical, and spiritual.
spiritual types of attacks. It's kind of weird. Demons are scared by the very presence of. In fact, there was a massive gate to the Marvel equivalent that to hell that couldn't be opened by Doctor Strange, no matter how hard he tried. However, Colossus comes down with a lot of effort, was able to open the doors. And when he did open the huge doors, the demons on the other side of it ran in fear of him. Magical entities such as uh, Sidorak, who gave Juggernaut his, his power and the helmet and everything. They want Colossus on his team. And the only thing they can find is why Colossus has his magical defense is due, I believe, to how pure his soul is. Which is kind of weird, but I guess that's the thing. Maybe that will come in handy later in this battle. Who knows? But all of that is my point number one. Very interesting. Now, I knew Colossus was strong. And I really got to say... I want Marvel to get over this class 100 strength thing because there are so many different characters of so many different power levels of such increasing size. I don't think just categorizing them all in the same bucket as uh, 100 class strength is getting the job done anymore. I would like to see Marvel step up their game because saying the Hulk, Colossus, Sentry, all of these characters are just class 100 strength doesn't scratch that itch, if you know what I'm saying. So the other thing I'd say, you asked the question out loud, what would happen if Akuma's not in the, the, the big man in the fight? Akuma, Akuma, whatever. I'm going to use both interchangeably. Get over it, nerds. What I'm going to say right here is, <laughs> what happens with the other characters stronger? The answer is, Akuma raises his game. He's much like Goku in that he wants to fight everyone at their best. He wants the strongest and he wants to defeat them. He only will fight people if he finds them worthy of his combat. So if he walks in with Colossus and he sees Colossus is very strong, stronger than he is, he's going to be like, okay, this is going to be a fight. I can't wait to unleash my full power. <sighs> Interesting points. Okay. Uh, I'm liking where this battle is going. Let's see what Robert Clark Chan has to say. So, Robert, you've seen one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this matchup? I mean, I've played some Street Fighter. So, like, yeah, I, I, I kind of get uh, Akuma's deal. Uh, I haven't gotten really deep into the series, so I'm sure he steps up his game later on. And he's really going to have to because just at base level, a superhero is Akuma's peak human uh, plus a little bit of, you know, magical shooty pow pows. Uh, but Colossus is a big deal in the superhero world. Like he is a legitimate threat. So as it stands now in round one, like Akuma is not even holding the candle. Wow. Uh, he is uh, wow. Colossus way out ahead here. Wow. That's great. Okay. Wasn't expecting that, but I'll take it. All right. Let's see where this battle goes. Ray, hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Akuma. I want to tell the story of Akuma and just kind of show you, Robert Clark Chan, how you are incorrect. One of these two is way more powerful than the others. It's just not the one that you're thinking right now. So Akuma had a brother named Goken, and they were trained by a master of a master named Master Go, Gotetsu. And they, he trained them in an unnamed martial art. Uh, it was actually had a name, so I don't know why all the books called it unnamed. It's Ansatsuken. That's the name of the martial art they were taught, which is essentially the art of absolutely and completely obliterating your opponent in battle. It's one of the most deadly martial arts that you could possibly encounter, and they both trained in it. In fact, his brother Goken uh, was was so distasteful of this martial art just because it was just I don't I want to be a good person. You cannot be a good person and study this martial art, which just obliterates everything that you come across that stands in your way. So he left to do his own version of martial arts and train in that. But Akuma stayed in this art, and he found out that if you can absolutely lose your compassion towards all living things, you can reach the pinnacle and surpass the peak of what this martial art has to offer. And that's exactly what he did. A pure seething hatred of absolutely everything on the planet. No compassion for the cute little bunny rabbits, or should I say the cute little Robert Clark Chan that pops out of Soundwave's stomach, their chest. He's not going to feel compassion towards that creature. He's going to murder them all. In fact, he achieves a state of this. It's like a Zen state, but of hatred called Satsui no Hado. And this is where he truly unlocked his Akuma potential. Okay. He goes back. And the first thing he did was kill his master. He killed Master Gotetsu. Why? To prove that he'd overcome everything and has no compassion in life. So the one person on this earth who he should show compassion to, he just walked up to him and murdered him. 
straight up murdered him. And what this does is it, it colds your inside, Robert Clark Chan. And what's more dangerous than someone who has no compassion, somebody who purely wants to win and is willing to literally throw absolutely everything in their life away in order to do it. That's like facing me in a who would win battle coming as hard as he can with no thought to the outside world whatsoever because it doesn't matter. It's about achieving victory, and that gives you cold toughness inside of you. This allows you to do some crazy things like he crossed over to a game called Asura's Wrath. Asura is known in video game circles as, at minimum, at minimum, top three most powerful characters in video game history. And he had a fight with Asura in his own video game. He got punched by Asura. Again, one of the most, this we're talking like Superman, century level power, got punched square in the face by Asura. And his reaction to it was just to sit there, eat the chin on his face, basically just take it to the jaw. And he turned his face and was able to use that power of turning his head to shove Asura like a, a county backwards. <laughs> in his own video game. I've never been, like, I have been punched in the face before. I shouldn't say that. But I've never just turned my head and flung the guy backwards right after getting punched in the jaw. That's insanity. At one point, he did one of my favorite feats. He fell from space back down to Earth and got up and walked away just fine. One of my favorite things Akuma ever did was he was inside an active volcano... He used that ground punch move inside the volcano to cause it to erupt, erupting all over him, all through him. He erupted the center ground zero of a volcano and then tanked the volcano. I have no doubt in my mind that Colossus is, Colossus is strong. He's durable. He's powerful. But Akuma is dealing with a level of power that Colossus can't even dream of because he has no left to give. And that's my point number two. Yeah, it's interesting. You see, uh, you say Akuma trains in a martial art with no name. I'd like to kind of put this forward. If a martial art is called the martial art with no name, is that not, in fact, the name of the martial art? Thank you. It's a weird plot point. Right? I just, I, it's weird. Especially when they do go on to name it later. So I, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. Crazy. All right. So Akuma is a great fighter. But what you're talking about right now is the fact that Akuma takes damage, right? He's going to get hit. And by the way, that's not a slam on Akuma. Any good fighter uh, is going to take damage and then give a lot of damage out. That's what makes this so much fun. But in this case, that might actually be a problem because if you get hit by Colossus, it's a lot harder than just getting hit by a large, strong superhuman. More on that later. And tanking a volcano that's pretty cool for Akuma to do. That is child's play for someone like Colossus in his armored form. Ta you know, causing a volcano, he can do it. Tanking it, that's not a problem. Super easy. That super high level of strength you just described is still at the base level of Colossus. So let's get to my point number two. Let's go a little more, bit more apples to apples here. And let's talk about fighting ability. So Colossus is a master combatant. He's a much better fighter than many people realize. At, you know, there's a lot of reasons for it, by the way. As a member of the X-Men, Colossus has received thousands upon thousands of hours of training in what they call the Danger Room. It's the ultimate training facility. The official Marvel Universe wiki describes the Danger Room as a four-high-capacity Shi'ar, that's a other otherworldly, super-advanced uh, uh, society, Shi'ar computers that generate room-filling, 32-bit color images of 300 gigabytes per second, creating hard light laser constructs of anything imaginable that are virtually indistinguishable from reality, the room's worldview model library has digital models of over 50 million objects and their attributes, including weapons, vehicles, buildings, and aliens. What this all means is that Colossus has had not only an insane amount of training, but also an insane variety of training. And a lot of that training was overseen by Charles Xavier himself, who was quoted as saying, the danger room is designed to test the capabilities of my students to their absolute limit. In Colossus's case, I push them far beyond. Now go ahead and add the thousands of hours of insane training in the danger room to the crazy amount of experience Colossus has had in actual battle over how many decades, whether it's going to hell literally to fight demons or going to another world where he has to fight alien superpower warriors or whether it's on Earth and he has to take on either the Hulk or Juggernaut, which he has done both successfully, by the way. And you'll see that Colossus has the training and experience to take on Akuma very easily. And as crazy as it sounds, Colossus has taken on and beaten 
opponents like Akuma. However, Akuma, again, typically doesn't face opponents like Colossus. See, Colossus doesn't have one fighting style. He can fight actually to whatever he's facing. You know, let's say he's fighting the Juggernaut. Then it's time to maybe grapple him, be a little elusive, and try to put him over something so he falls and Battlefield removes himself. Time to fight a supernatural being who's fighting an expert. Uh, time to hit and run. Time to fight a martial arts master with incredible key powers. That's when Colossus will use his body as a weapon and allows opponents to hurt themselves by hitting him. That's something he's doing. Now, the question I have, will Akuma hurt his hands, his feet, his legs, his shins, whatever, his head, whatever he's striking Colossus with due to Colossus' huge size and being made up of an armor-like substance that, again, is the third most powerful substance or durable substance in the Marvel Universe. Look, the interesting thing about Colossus is that when he's faced with an opponent who's physically superior to him, he aches up for the power discrepancy with that combat skill I was talking about. It's his martial arts, his reflexes developed from years of training. Again, against the Hulk, Juggernaut, there's a large, huge Canadian creature called the Sasquatch, which is a typical Hulk-class creature, and even a Wendigo, another one from Canada. Colossus uses his really cool wrestling and fighting skills to the very least hold his own, but he actually defeats a lot of them a lot of the time. Between his actual skill, his actual decades-long fighting experience within the Marvel Universe, which is pretty cool, which means he's facing off against opponents more powerful than himself, typically, and the training continues to stream in the X-Men's Danger Room, there's no way that Colossus hasn't gone up against someone with the power set of Akuma, and there's no way Colossus doesn't have a few ways to already beat them, because that's what they do in Marvel Universe with the X-Men. That is my point number two. I would disagree wholeheartedly with the idea that uh, Akuma's never fought anybody like Colossus before. I mean, remembering he's fought in multiple different video games. In Tekken alone, there's a character named Azazel who is a gigantic, electrified, I can't even, he's like a, an Egyptian demon monster who's like two, three times the size of a normal human being. Uh, he has, he automatically blocks, he shoots lasers and throws boulders at you. Uh, and he kind of looks like Colossus, quite honestly. So I, I don't agree that he's never fought before. And, and he's fought Asura from Asura's Wrath, who's, again, one of the most powerful characters in all video game history. So the idea that Colossus, he'd see him and be like, boy, I don't know about this metal guy. I just don't know that that holds up. And, and then the variety of opponents. You know, Colossus fights a variety of opponents. He's got the danger room to train in. But Akuma literally travels the world in different multiverses, seeking out the most powerful monsters and fighters that he possibly can and overcomes all of them. Uh, so I, I do have to push back a lot against your point right there. I think when it comes down to pure technique, Akuma absolutely has him has him absolutely defeated in, in this battle. We're going to have to see about that. Uh, let's go to the judge about this because we're at the turning point. We're after hearing two points from both Ray and myself. Robert gets to tell us who is ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Robert has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today's patron of the week is the one and only, the experience, Delvin Cox. Ooh, Delvin Cox, uh, the smartest person on the internet. All right, let's give him something of an intellectual challenge. Let's have Delvin go up against Cobra Commander. Cobra Commander versus Delvin Cox. Now, Cobra Commander's biggest weakness is his overconfidence, and he puts too much on his lackeys who fail at the end of the day, to accomplish their mission against G.I. Joe. Cobra themselves are actually a very competent organization. You can't have this many bases around the world and this big an operation without a certain degree of competency behind it. But Cobra Commander is quick to retreat at the end of the day. When Delvin Cox shows up at the Terradrome, let's just take it how it is. He's going to show up at the Terradrome. He's going to sneak his way in. He's the stealth mission. And Delvin Cox is going to get right there into the command control room against Cobra Commander. And Cobra commander is going to sit back he's going to see all the minions staring at him as delvin cox stands in front of him and cobra commander you would think would say i, I got this guys don't worry about it i've got this battle i'm going to take on delvin cox and prove to you all once and for all that i am your true leader but cobra commander smarter than that cobra commander is going to turn to all the televipers regular vipers cobra soldiers crimson guardsmen whoever's in that room and he's going to say get him and all of those 20, 30, 40 Cobra soldiers are going to dogpile on Delvin Cox. And this is when you would expect a character like Sergeant Slaughter to throw them all off of him and punch Cobra Commander in the face. But Delvin Cox is no Sergeant Slaughter, unfortunately. These 40 Cobra soldiers take him out, remove him from the premises, put him in Cobra jail, and they have him in the fighting pits later that day. Sorry, Delvin Cox. Regrettably, you do not beat 
Cobra Commander. What just happened? All right. Wow. You know, sometimes it doesn't matter how smart you are. It's uh, overwhelming odds can do it. Sorry, Delvin. Uh, I lost a big bet. I had a lot of money on you. All right. With that being said, remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash who would win show and sign up and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of who would win. Now let's get back to the turning point. Robert, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead? And what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? Ray made some good points for uh, Akuma's durability, uh, his um, this uh, training of his colds, your insides, I believe was the uh, exact phrase he used. Correct. Which does not conjugate in any English form that I'm aware of. <laughs> I speak a different uh, language than all of you. I'm on a higher level. <laughs> and you brought up uh, Ashura's Wrath, which is great, except that crossovers carry less weight, my friend. So Ooh. not as important. Um, uh, I do generally think that Akuma is a more skilled combatant, but James put up uh, a really strong argument. I mean, he has been in the danger room for decades now, so he's got a lot of, lot of experience there. Um, and uh, I would say that, you know, like, yes, he is, he is a very good fighter. I will still give Akuma the leg up on that, but... I still have not heard how he uh, uh, takes out that uh, organic metal, which is tougher than tough and on a, on a superhero level, on a real high superhero level. So Akuma still, he's, he's good, but uh, I mean, you're really going to have to bring it in uh, round three for me, to, for me to see that happening. Wow. Okay. Not expecting that. Okay, Ray Stacanus. I, I, I'm a little afraid of a Ray Stacanus who's backed into a corner because that's when he comes out swinging and is the most dangerous. Yes, I'm talking about Ray as if he's like a hyena in the jungle. That's just a thing. Ray, let's see what you got. Hit us with your point number three. The first thing I want to say of my point number three is that crossovers do carry less weight, Robert Clark Chan. But there is something to be said for going into somebody else's game, somebody else's property, and cleaning their clock. Usually when a crossover happens, it's because Lobo goes into the He-Man universe and He-Man kicks him in the jaw and he's out of the battle, right? <laughs> Something ridiculous like that. That carries a heck of a lot less weight. But if Lobo walked into the Masters of the Universe cartoon and handed He-Man his butt, that would mean a heck of a lot because it's He-Man's show. This is Asura's show and, and, and he could walk in there and absolutely take him out. I think it actually has more weight when you can go into somebody else's universe and do it to them. He went underwater. You talked about, you know, the lack of needing to breathe. Akuma is still a person who just went underwater for so long that no regular person would ever be able to withstand it, but he did. He went underwater and just flat out started destroying submarines, started taking out battleships. I agree with the hard metal. If you can walk underwater, and we've all talked about underwater punches probably don't hurt all that much. When you can punch down a battleship from the bottom, that's a level of strength against metal that I don't know that Colossus is necessarily ready for. At one point, uh, one thing that Colossus can do is he can attack not just your body, he can attack your soul as well. He has a power, an attack called the Shun Goku Satsu, which basically fights you at a soul level. So it doesn't matter what your body is. He's fighting the insidey spiritual places of you. And not only does he have that attack, he has an enhanced version of that attack, which hits you even harder than you would expect a soul attack to hit you. This is a man who once one punched an island. He was on an island with Ryu. He did his, his uh, super seismic punch to the ground, and the entire island crumbled into the sea. We're not talking about a regular street fighter here. We are talking about a virtual demigod. When you could one-punch an island and the island crumbles and disintegrates, yes, I think that's enough to hurt Colossus and potentially take him out of a battle. In Street Fighter, he jumped into space and punched a meteor and destroyed it as it was hurtling towards earth. We don't need the Armageddon crew from that terrible Michael Bay movie when you have Akuma because he just jumps into space and will punch the meteor away. Ridiculousness in the Asura's Wrath video game, which is one of the greatest. If you have not just sat down and watched this 12, 13 minute fight, 
you do not know what you are missing because it's flat out incredible. He fought Asura and in the process of this battle, punched the moon so hard, the moon crumbled and disintegrated under their feet, hurtling them back down towards the earth. He kicked Ryu so hard. He kicked him so hard. He opened a dimensional rift and sent Ryu back to his home dimension. He kicks you so hard. He's opening wormholes in time and space. And when the best moment of the Asura video uh, video of their fight between the two of them is that they were fighting each other so hard and at such a high level that literally both turned to stone. <laughs> They turned to stone where they remained statues for 500 years before turning back into people and just continuing to fight. You want to talk about toughness and durability. He fought hand to hand to a draw with Asura in his own video game. One of the top three, if not top one, strongest characters in video game history. At the end of the day, the feats that Akuma brings to the table are just too much. The, I don't know how much power it takes to rupture Colossus and hurt him, but I do know how much power it takes to destroy an island with one punch. And I got to believe that it fits somewhere in that Colossus zone. And that's my point number three. Okay, this is all interesting stuff because, you know, one thing I love about these characters is they all have, like, the Super Saiyan mode, right? Ryu has it, and evidently Akuma has it, and that's great because he should have it. You know, the way he develops his power, and it just shows that internal chi, you know, being Builder Key in his case, what have you. So I love that. I love where you went with this. A couple of things. Um, first of all, Colossus's soul... And again, I mentioned this before, it's never been really defined within Marvel, but his soul is actually somehow even more powerful and resistant than his physical armored self. And, you know, I mentioned this before, how Colossus's soul helped him kind of go into hell and kind of resist certain things or become more efficient, scare demons, and what have you. There's something there that hasn't been quite defined, but it's there. And I think that's going to come and play with this. His soul will not be easily attacked. Now, hitting hard, you know, and being able to hit things really hard, that's cool. Col uh, Colossus has a career where he's been hit so hard, he's been sent flying, and he just gets up and he's okay. That is something that happens to him all the time. He'll absolutely get smashed and hit super hard by Akuma, just as he's been hit, smashed, super hard by Juggernaut, the Hulk, and a number of other super powerful characters from the Marvel. That's not something he needs to worry about so much. All right, so let me get to my point number three, and this will become really, really clear. Let's talk about big wins for Colossus. So Colossus beat a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Now, you'd think it's not a big deal in his metal form. You'd be right, except Colossus did this in his human form. That's right. Colossus, as a human, pulled a James Gavsey and beat a raging Tyrannosaurus Rex with tactics, threw a rock at him, kind of got him to go to a certain position, tricked him, but definitely defeated Tyrannosaurus Rex. You know what else he did in human form? He beat a super villain who faces off against Iron Man regularly, a character named Whiplash. He's got those met that metal kind of exoskeleton, long extended uh, whips. I guess that's why it's called Whiplash. And how did Colossus beat him? He used his wrestling to put him in a full Nelson and then tripped him and went with all his body weight, smashed him face first into the ground just to take him out and knock him out. Really, really impressive. As Colossus, he's also beaten War Machine. After he let War Machine fully unload his entire arsenal on him, keep in mind Colossus and James Rhodes, you know, the person wearing War Machine armor, were somewhat friends in the past. Rhodes took exception to Colossus for some reason, went crazy on him. Colossus tried to talk his friend out of fighting, but when he saw he couldn't, he mercifully knocked War Machine out with one punch. Again, that's pretty insane, insane thinking this is an Iron Man-type armor with all the armaments, and he got hit with everything. He beat an amped-up Juggernaut. He took on Juggernaut, fought him evenly, and used technique and tactics to lure him over the spot to make him fall over and battlefield removal. Now, I'm not saying that's going to work on Akuma too well, but you remember, tactics, strategy, that's something that Colossus is going to use. He's done it before. He beat a Wendigo. Now, in the Marvel comics, a Wendigo is this Native American type of supernatural being whose Hulk class is a big, huge... Uh, think of a Sasquatch with a tail, but all white, and screams out Wendigo, that's their thing, and destroys people and superhuman beings. So Colossus beat a Wolverine-infused Wendigo, and the way he did it, this is really cool, he just grabbed him and picked him up and threw him miles and miles and miles away, thereby Battlefield removing him. Why couldn't he do that to Akuma? 
Why couldn't he just grab him and be like, you're out, and just kind of pitch him like a baseball many miles away, something he could do and has done before. Colossus used his fighting skills to knock down and stun the Hulk long enough to get whatever he was trying to get done at that moment. That's actually kind of a big win in a way where they were both in this on the bottom of a mountain. They're fighting the Hulk, trying to take him out, and Colossus is like, I'm going to kick you in the head, dodge your shot, hit you over here, da-da, and took a Hulk down. It stunned him, and then he was able to get whatever he was supposed to do, get done, and then do what he was got to do. Now, plus, Colossus being numerous powerful demons whenever he encounters them on Earth or in hell dimensions on Marvel. Demons, supernatural beings, not a problem. But there's one more thing. Colossus' strength, his durability, and power are perfect for Akuma's big weakness. Now, Akuma's weakness is his health bar. His health, which stands, I believe, in Street Fighter V, it's at 875, which is not evidently so high, which means most every character, I could be wrong on this, but I don't think so, Every character can finish off Akuma, the demonic fighter, with two good combos and a stray hit. If that's all it takes in gameplay to defeat Akuma, then Colossus has more than enough power, striking ability, and durability to simply outlast and then unleash punishment on Akuma to get the win. So, after a very tough battle with Colossus getting, ba- Colossus getting banged around, smashed, and all that kind of good stuff, being attacked at his soul but not actually being hurt that bad because his soul is even more powerful than the physical body, I do see Colossus coming out on top after battering a, and after a long battle with Akuma due to simply the fact that Akuma is not as durable and that Colossus can tank these attacks and has seen all this stuff before. That's why Akuma loses. That's why Colossus wins. That's my point number three. I, I'd have to disagree so much with this. First off, you talk about video game mechanics now, as opposed to the storylines that I've been talking about. That's fine. Colossus does appear as a character in Marvel versus Capcom 2, and so he himself has a limited amount of hits that he can take, and we've already established that in the later games of high health, that one Akuma combo can take 80% of your health away. So I don't know if that's the strategy, if that's the road you want to go down, because Colossus in video games is not going to be able to handle this level uh, of pressure. And and I, I would you, you try to keep trying to play it off like Akuma hasn't fought weird characters. In Tekken and Street Fighter, there are literally like uh, m- messi- godlike messiahs that he's had to face off against. He's had to face against boxing kangaroos and giant uh, pandas, as well as a wooden training dummy that came to life and shoots orange lasers and has been alive for 2,000 years. As far as weird characters go, Marvel does not have the entire capital that Akuma has had to square off against in all of his time in his various different fighting incarnations. And that's not even to mention the Smash Brothers games where that's a whole other can of worms I don't even want to get into. At the end of the day, Colossus is strong. You ask the question, why can't he just grab Akuma and throw him? Well, why couldn't any of these other characters uh, that have similar strengths do it as well? Why couldn't Asura do it to him in his own video game? Why, when he punched him, did he just shrug him back with his chin? It's because Akuma, literally translated to devil or demon, is just too powerful for such an attack to overtake him. If he tried to, and Colossus got, first of all, Colossus tried to get the grab on him, Akuma would just turn that into a throw and bang Colossus into the ground, into a crater in the ground, honestly. But even if he was to throw him, Akuma could just do his spinning kick thing, regain control, and come back with that force, turning it against Colossus. The power levels here are too strong. I'm sorry. I love Colossus. He's going down today. We seem to be on really opposite ends of this fight, Ray Cicadas, which is exactly where we should be. Let's go to Robert Clark Chan. Robert, it's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Akuma and Colossus. Boy, this one is really odd because I feel like I've got a good handle on Colossus's power level, but I don't on Akuma. When he shows up in... You know, the early Street Fighter games, he's like a slightly stronger Ken uh, Ryu, which is human level, just human level. And as he goes along, yeah, it gets to the point where he shows up in Asura's Wrath, which is deity level. And, you know, what what is what is this character that we're facing now? If we brought Colossus into the world like we do, like we could actually put Akuma against Colossus in in a Street Fighter game. And, you know, they have to be even because, you know, that's the that's how the game mechanics work. But in this battle, you're bringing out punching meteors out of space, which is beyond Colossus level. So, I mean, I got to figure out where 
where this particular Akama settles into. You've got the, you see, started out with the basic moves, your uh, Tatsumaki Senpukyaku, Go Haruken, Go Shoryuken. Yeah, that's not going to stand up to a guy who can crack Juggernaut's helmet. But you did have the cold inside versus the good, pure heart of Colossus. Uh, mm, the soul attacks, I do think, are going to get put down by Colossus's soul. I, I do remember many, many issues of the X-Men where he's dealing with his sister magic and whatnot. And yeah, yeah, like the goodness in his heart is able to defeat a lot of demonic powers, which Akuma is clearly fueled by. I'm interested in what Colossus is able to do in his human form, beating a T-Rex, beating someone like Whiplash. I could definitely see human form Colossus taking on uh, Akuma and beating him early version Street Fighter. But if we're talking about a guy who punches an island, who kicks so hard that he punches a wormhole into reality, that's something else. Punching Asura so hard that they both turn to stone. Not really sure where you quantify that. How many megatons of power is that? But uh, also, I guess Akuma didn't beat him. It was just a draw. You're going to try and impress me with a draw, Ray? I don't know about that. You're going to impress me with boxing kangaroos and wooden training dummies? I don't know about that. But Akuma did manage to punch an island, whereas Colossus has actually faced Krakoa, the living island. And, you know, it took the entire X-Men team to take him down. Granted, that was early on in his career. So, you know, who knows? I mean, what what what, what has got to be the final point on this? We have... I'm going to give Akuma some of this power. I think punching an island is definitely on the table. I'm really fuzzy on those Asura's Wrath powers, so I'm not going to give him all of that. But I think if we're talking about the mental toughness, Akuma is pretty strong. He's done a lot of things and has made himself very... uh cold in his insidey places yeah 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 yeah. oh yeah if we're fighting the insidey spiritual places of the shungoku satsu you know what i i I really honestly think that it comes down to not the physical strength but the inner purity the soul power and colossus is a pure good soul Akuma is a pure evil soul. He's a pure evil soul that has worked his, he has drained away his compassion. That is what he has worked so hard for. Colossus uh, helps people. That's what he does. He's just a nice, nice, good person. He is, that is just, you know, the kind of person he is. Uh, But Akuma has tested and forged his soul into the exact opposite. And, when it comes down to just someone existing as a good person and someone trying their damnedest to be the damnedest. And, oh, geez, this this kills me. It hurts me deep inside, but I have to go with Akuma. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. I don't make me repeat it. Don't make me repeat it. <laughs> in what what world? In what world does this make any sense? Everything. Re- okay, hold on. Okay, this is absolutely crazy. I got something to say. Let me just compose my myself here because I don't want to no, say no, something no, absolutely I, horrific. I understand. No, 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 I, no. I, I, Ray, hey, You know what? I, I I have apologies to make to a lot of people because I have. Uh, as you well know, a long-standing antipathy uh, to uh, uh, race to Canis and to give him four of anything uh, other than uh, uh, swift kicks in the knee is is an abomination. It's frankly a horrifying thing. I am. I feel dirty. I am dirty. I am. <sighs> I've let everybody down here. Robert Clark Chan, you should be ashamed of yourself. I hate this because I have to do this. According to the producers, I now have to go into this particular segue. Race to Canis, congratulations. Uh, you won four in a row. That's fantastic. Tell the fan base or Legion of Audience how you feel. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we even get there, we got to talk about how you covered that. 
beautifully. Oh my God, like you said it, like you meant it, and we know in this dark time that that can't possibly be possible. How did you do that? Like I've been, I've been an actor for a long time, and I have never seen uh, craftsmanship like that. Just what I say. It's a combination of getting paid very well and uh-huh. uh, swallowing the vomit that comes in your mouth without anyone noticing. There's a lot I of bile not, in there too. I've not tried that. I have not. That does not sound like a thing I would ever want to do. You know what? Un- you can have that one. You Thanks. can have that. It's, it's what you. you do is you drink a, a teaspoon of uh, Pepsi Max, and the rest just comes uh-huh. naturally. Ray Cicadas. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate this. Go ahead and tell the fan base how you feel after this, uh, air quote, well-deserved victory. You both can try to delay the inevitable, just like you've been trying to do all season long, James Gavsey. The answer is simple. If there was one of us that was going to win four in a row, it wasn't going to be you. It was going to be me, the one who's proven time once before, that I can get this done. To quote my five-year-old, every single time we walk into the grocery store, best day ever. (laughs) And I don't know why she feels that way, but that's exactly how I feel right now. I know that I deserved every single win I got this season. I know I deserved a win in every single alleged defeat that I had this entire season. I should be 48-0 or however many matches it's been. I don't count. Numbers above 10 confuse me. My point is four is less than 10, and I have gotten four in a row, which means next week we are contractually obligated... (sighs) To use a character of my choosing, and I'm not even going to create suspense here. I'm going to create a little bit of suspense here. You will see who I chose. It could be anybody. In fact, I want the people to tell me on hashtag Victory Friday, who should I take? There are so many wonderful options. I think you all know which way I'm leaning if you listen to the show, but that doesn't mean it's for sure. So hit me up on hashtag Victory Friday with hashtag who race should take. And I will laugh at your pitiful suggestions and make my own choice. Race Canis, I just got to say something real <sighs> quick. This is, this is four wins in a row. This is uh, disgusting. This is horrible. This is unforgivable. And most importantly, this is exactly how I expected it to go. This all went according to plan. This season, oh yeah, Race to Canis, this season has been absolutely insane with, sorry, Robert Clark Chan, crazy, unforgivable judges' decisions that went horrifically wrong. And then I kind of said, well, listen, this is going to go this way one way or another. How do I pull out a win? See, here's the deal. You may have won the battle, but I'm about to win the war. Here's the deal. Contractually speaking, you do get to pick the next opponent, and I get to pick whoever you pick goes against. And guess what? I've got someone already in mind. This is someone I should have been repping forever. This is someone who's going to come down and absolutely wreck everything you have going on. This is someone who's going to give me the ultimate win in the Who Would Win show. Stay tuned, Legion of Audience, and just wait and see what happens. With that being said, Robert Karchan, you were great. Uh, Again, I'm contractually bound to say that. Uh, I actually mean the opposite, but you were here as well. Please tell our Legion of Audience where they can find you. Wait a minute. Are you saying that after all this time, that if Ray got four wins, he would get to choose his character, whatever character he wanted? And if he did, then you would get to choose whatever character you wanted? It's called fine print, uh, Robert Clark Chan. You got to read the fine print. You know what? (laughs) Sometimes you take the win wherever you can get it. That's why I was never a lawyer. Kudos to you, sir. That is... That is kind of magnificent. If I had a uh, dollar for every time Robert Clark Chan said that, I'd have a dollar. You would have a dollar, yeah. That is not a word. Now, Those wait are a minute, not words that come out of my mouth a lot. Wait just a minute here, because I've read this contract, James Gavsey. You can't just pick anybody that you want to, or else you take some ridiculous character like uh, the Beyonder or Sentry, and then you try to guarantee yourself a battle against something fun I pick. The only way that I don't get veto power over it is if it's somebody who's already appeared on the show before. What Maybe, are you trying to say, James? Listen, read the fine print. Do what you got to do. Pick whomever you want to pick. All I'm saying is I'm bringing the heat next week. Be prepared. Hmm. 
Robert Clark Chan, tell everyone where they can find you online. Well, you know what? You can find me on uh, Twitter, I guess, maybe, still, possibly. For now? I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it. But, uh, um, I mean, honestly, as toxic as that place is getting right now, I feel like hashtag uh, Victory Friday, it, prob- it probably trumps all of it. It's, all, it's worse than anything that's on there right now. Please don't use that hashtag. It is hurtful to a lot of people, me included. But hey, at 999 RPMs there, or probably wherever else people end up going. Um, I got a podcast called Knowings Have the Podcast. It's hey, pretty wow. fun. You should check it out. It's not bad. Honestly, we also do this other podcast called My Three Dads uh, that we've been on hiatus for a while. We desperately need to come back to that because I need to know more about why your daughter says best day ever whenever you walk into a grocery <laughs> store. That's kind of concerning to me. So uh, stay tuned for that. To mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Ray Sicanus, congrats again on four in a row. I am slightly jealous. I'm actually very jealous of that, but I do have... <sighs> a backup plan, which is going to absolutely wreck anything you bring to the table. More on that later. But I go am ahead. so confused. No, I'm just going to cut you off there because <laughs> I specifically made sure that the thing said, if I win four in a row, you can't just take Samurai Jack. I'm keeping Samurai Jack off the show forever because the fans don't deserve it. So I'm curious... I'm curious how you're going to work around this to make something good. I just assumed you were talking about Jack, but I already know that can't happen. So now I'm pensive. (laughs) Don't worry, Ray Sicanis. You won four in a row. What could go wrong? You've got this in the bag. Go ahead and tell our Legion of Fan Base or Legion of Fan Base, our Legion of Audience, where they can find you. Of course you can find me at Almighty Ray on Twitter. We are celebrating the biggest victory Friday in the history of the Who Would Win show. I have not made my final decision after this impressive, monumental, cataclysmic, foursome. Is that what they call it when you win four in a row, a foursome? Nope, but go for it. (laughs) Foursome? I think that's uh, what happens when Jedi try to do addition. Yes. My point I'm trying to make here is that I have not completely chosen, so if you would like to hit me up on the Bird app, with hashtag who race should take. I will open myself up to your terrible suggestions and then ultimately go my own way because that's what Almighty Ray is truly all about. And if James is going to sit here and say Ray fell into my plan, well, if you if the plan was to go into November and lose every single match to try to somehow just win one and thereby lose season four because I am on the precipice of victory already this season. And it's not even December yet. What a joy. What a joy we're all having. All I have to say right now is G-G-E-Z-R-A-Y. Find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Let's get this done. Stay tuned. That's all I got to say is stay tuned. Now, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavs. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. 
Hi, I'm Erica. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts.